Hi everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of podcast in Madlux VFX. Today we have Rikin Patel with us sharing about his work and career. He completed his education in Vancouver Film School and excelled a career as a compositor in Canadian visual effects industry. So this podcast might give you a lot of insights about compositor role. So let's jump into the podcast. Hi Rekin, how are you? Hi Manoj, I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good too. Like, uh, uh, how is the situation in Vancouver? It's it's uh, it's there. Yeah, where people are uh, hopefully doing their part, and we'll get this get out of this very soon. Yeah. Yeah. How is the work and all and going on in Vancouver? It's it's great. We're uh, we're lucky to be working from home, having our jobs mm. in this time. So I'm grateful for this. Yeah. but work is going on right yeah work is absolutely going on and we're pretty busy right now uh oh, the show is almost uh, uh, we're done with the show very close last mm-hmm. few weeks so yeah it's it's a bit yeah. busy as well so that's good yeah that's happy news like all over the world all this pandemic is happening but still we are busy that's god's grace yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> so so let's start the podcast my uh, first question is like i used to ask this question to every people mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it's all about giving an intro okay. so i just want to know like uh, uh, don't mind who are you and <laughs> what you do yeah for sure um yeah. so my name is rickin patel and i'm a compositor at uh, ilm in vancouver mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh Yeah, I've been in Vancouver for past uh, almost ten years now. Hmm, nice. Yeah. So, uh, are you wh- where are you working currently now? So, I'm working at ILM Industrial Light and Magic. That's my dream company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is uh, nice. for sure the haven for you know yeah. visual effects artists. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, like, when you started working in ILM. I started working just last year so it's almost uh, one year now at ILM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before Be- before that before that I was yeah. at uh, this company called CVD uh, Chris Van Dyke. C- C- so okay. uh, so it's a it's that's also a very good uh, uh, TV studio and uh, oh, their okay. work is also amazing. I spent 3 months only but I learned a lot mm-hmm. in those 3 months. Yeah. nice yeah so uh, i just want to know uh, like what is your educational background and, and surprisingly i che- when i checked your linkedin profile i saw you have graduated from uh, vancouver film school yeah. which is like um, now a trending thing like all over the world people want to come and study in vfs so i just want to know like what is your experience um, graduating from vfs and uh, what was your specialization okay. there yeah um so Yeah, back uh, in India, I did my foundation in India, and uh, after mm-hmm. that, I was looking forward to uh, learn more. And uh, I always wanted to be a compositor because I loved working with color. So I looked for one of the best school, and VFS came yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I applied there, and I was fortunate to get in to VFS. And uh, mm-hmm. um, so I came in twenty eleven. in VFS 2011 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then um so I studied there it was a one month diploma course which was very intense 
it's a it's a they teach four year worth of uh, study in just one year. So you have to the classes start at eight and mm. they go I think at nine or ten in the evening. So wow, yeah. And then I specialized in compositing at VFS. Oh, that time itself. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I mean, what all softwares they will teach uh, in the compositing thing? So like um, uh, practical class also is there or? So yeah, they, they uh, only teach related from to photography yeah. to Nuke and um, Photoshop and uh, there are like everything you need to know to be a compositor, they will teach. And um, also their uh, uh, schedule or uh, the study material that they, they provide, the exams and everything is very intense. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they have lots of amazing assignments from easy to really difficult, the most important is making your demo reel so yeah yeah it's the whole process of of from from day one at vfs to the last day of graduation it's a it's a whole process to be a compositor <laughs> or to yeah. be an animator as well or or you know modeler yeah. it's a whole process for them yeah i've seen many show reels of vfs in uh, youtube yeah and i used to fascinate uh, like by seeing those outputs yeah when students are bringing up so much uh, good quality stuff absolutely after studying from there yeah it's uh, um, some of the best student show reels come out of VFS for sure <laughs> yeah so that's awesome so like uh, nowadays uh, we have this thing like uh, called uh, virtual production and unreal engine and all those stuff uh, viral all over the internet so yeah. um, what's your view about uh, this virtual production stuff and uh, also people are worried like all this automation kind of things like uh, what is happening in the virtual production uh, uh, does it like uh, it it will kill the compositing jobs and all in future it might kill uh, these compositing jobs in future so just want to know what is your view about this thing um so it is it is right now a pretty new thing it's a new technology yeah. for sure yeah and um, yeah the 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 idea behind is is to shoot in camera right that's the foundation of mm -hmm. it right but then rather than yeah. shooting on location they're just putting massive screens in the background right so that will yeah. give you you know correct depth of field and correct lighting on the on the characters and you know reflections are just perfect so and it's very mm -hmm. interactive yeah. right so you can change the lighting yeah. in seconds you can move the models mm. around you can literally do anything without going mm. anywhere right so that's the yeah. idea and uh, it's definitely a cutting edge technology um, mm -hmm. but I feel personally I feel like uh, uh, artists should not be worried too much about it it will definitely take a few jobs but it will not be you know a very big problem because there are still few limitations <laughs> actually a lot of limitations to virtual production yeah. right um, for example the amount of camera move they can do it's very limited right they cannot yeah. you know a yeah, screen like in space for example Le or you know, if they want to do uh, physical explosions and stuff, they cannot do that. So it's still very limited. But yeah, mm. it, it, it will, uh, it's it's good for simpler stuff. For example, um, let's say... Uh, Add kind of stuff? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, or mainly like simple stuff as in like uh, uh, drive-through comms, right? Mm-hmm. So for stuff like this, even for Mandalorian, mm-hmm. they did pretty amazing. Um, yeah, that's what I was. Ab- I mean, about to ask actually because ILM did one complete series in virtual production. Yeah, and uh, I didn't watch that, so mm-hmm. I'm not able to tell like to how how much extent it was successful. Yeah, but as a person from ILM, you can you could share some insights about yeah, that. Yeah, honestly, I missed that one too. <laughs> I feel <laughs> I feel bad that I missed it, uh, but uh, it's definitely <laughs> top on my list right now. um yeah yeah so uh, uh to i've seen a lot of uh, like breakdowns and you know behind the scenes yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. um yeah a lot of people from ILM worked on it including uh, onset supervisors and you know the brain bar itself mm. for the virtual production was uh, from ILM so um um they it was it, it definitely uh worked it worked out pretty awesome for mandalorian i guess it depends yeah. on like again like what's the story and how much you know leeway yeah. is there yeah. to be mm-hmm. done in virtual production um mm. but yeah there was also a lot of stuff uh, like for compositors and for cg artists to be done right a lot of work mm. so yeah. but they did definitely do a big chunk in virtual production for sure and they were very mm. um the results were very nice and believable yeah 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 one of my uh, like uh, attendees in my podcast he was telling like uh, uh, at least for previous kind of work this is great turning point mm-hmm. so yeah so like uh, is, is there any virtual production setup uh, currently in vancouver as per my knowledge no there are mm-hmm. uh, i believe there are a few indie virtual production mm-hmm. uh, setups but not mm-hmm. uh, on a on a feature film level as per my knowledge mm-hmm. um there mm-hmm. are i believe uh in there is in San Francisco in LA i believe now they're opening one in Sydney and of course i mm-hmm. i'm assuming Veta would have their own in New Zealand yeah, yeah. and also i heard uh, in uh, Toronto Pixomondo has that like they recently launched i assume yeah they would also have it. i heard actually I, i'm not sure yeah even in uk i'm assuming um they yeah. have their own yeah yeah so hearing all this news uh, like we can assume the impact of virtual production in the movie making yeah yeah it it, it will <laughs> definitely it, it is a new technology and of course people want to you know make use of it and uh, you know save money as well as make the process of filming easier. Mhm. Right? But I yeah. I would I would definitely suggest to not you know artists should not be worried because there is still a lot of stuff that needs to be done in comp and mm. in CG department. So I definitely mm. say not to worry about it. Cool. So so I just want to know like um uh as you as, a, as you are a compositor you know what all are the basics uh, needs to be made strong for a compositor so uh what are the key knowledge a compositor should possess to uh, achieve a good career as a compositor um i'd say i'd say to begin with would be of course the the basic knowledge the foundation of compositing itself right and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. besides besides you know the whole subject of compositing i feel like 
uh, artists should have knowledge of a little bit of uh, photography, cinematography, lighting, physical lighting, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, as well as color theory is very important. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, also one more um, thing personally I do is, you know, go on Google and it doesn't always have to be a, 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 a compositing shot or a VFX shot. Just play mm-hmm. anything that you like and uh, just pause and look at the frame, right? Like, mm-hmm. What do you like? Is it the lighting? Is it the composition, like physical composition of the camera? Or, um, yeah. you know, all of these things help a lot to become a good compositor. And mm-hmm. um, always, uh, when you're at work, always ask other artists, your supervisor, lead or junior, it doesn't matter, always ask, um, how your shot looks and also mm-hmm. how they achieved their shot, right? Like w- like what they did in their shot, how did they achieve that look? So it's always mm-hmm. important to be always asking questions as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you get a shot like uh, for a compositing task, mm-hmm. uh, what's the first thing uh, will come to your mind? Like what will you start? Uh, I will. I will, I will start with uh, understanding the sequence. Like I'll when I get a mm-hmm. shot, I'll open. Um, you know, most of the companies has uh, the edit right sequence edit. Mm-hmm. So I'll always mm-hmm. open and and see and understand what's the mood behind it, what's happening in it, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, understand that what's going on in the scene, right? Because that's the first mm. thing you need to do that uh, uh, even though you have got your CG, CG is ready to be gone. But sometimes mm-hmm. you get a lot more clues um, from looking at the edit itself, right? Yeah. Ultimately, that's where your shot is going to land. So that's where I uh, begin my work with. And mm. uh, yeah, and then the same process of uh, making sure the LUTs are working and, uh, you know, uh, if there is any transformation or you know, mm. retime or anything, and then I apply all of that, and then I get to start with the shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is there any important like, um, what is the importance of roto paint in compositing? Roto paint is definitely the the base of uh, uh, compositing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Usually, um, if if you want to be a compositor, that's a great way to start with uh, roto and paint. Because mm-hmm. uh, um, that's, I, I feel like that's the easiest way to get into compositing, to transition into compositing. Um, mm-hmm. And once you have the knowledge of uh, Roto and Paint, because Roto and Paint itself needs compositing, right? And yeah. base yeah. knowledge of Nuke itself, how a lot of the nodes mm-hmm. work. And Roto Paint also teaches you projection and maintaining the quality, grain check, black level. So that's also compositing, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, and then once you have all of those knowledge, it's very easy to transition into compositing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely Perfect. say that's the foundation of compositing. Yeah. Nice. So, um, I mean, uh, do you have your own tools and gizmos which you created? Uh, first of all, I just want to ask: like, uh, is Python that much important for a compositor, or uh, do you have any knowledge of Python? Um, honestly, I have very basic knowledge of Python. 
and um, mm-hmm. I actually what I do is I just go on Google and if I'm looking for uh, you know anything that reduces my uh, workload I just mm-hmm. uh, save it in a notepad and then keep it there so that's what I do I just go on Google and type in my you know my question how do I turn mm-hmm. off let's say all the postage mm-hmm. stamps in, in a script right because sometimes it gets yeah. super heavy so <laughs> there are a lot of python snippets for those and i just you know save it in my in my yeah. computer and next time i need it i know exactly where to look so i yeah to begin with i i have very basic knowledge i can browse my way around and change mm-hmm. a few settings but i cannot uh, write a whole code uh, for python yeah, yeah. Yeah so do you have any plan of learning python in future because uh, like uh, nowadays everyone is learning python mm-hmm. and it, I, i mean i'm sure it helps for a compositor so do you have any plan of learning yeah. in future i honestly i've tried a few times <laughs> but i get carried <laughs> away with all the all the you know my interest is with colors right so yeah i i start learning and i i get distracted and i again look towards <laughs> you know get distracted in you know color theories and stuff like that so but yeah, yeah. that's uh, if if uh, if someone learns it it's it's a great plus point and uh, mm-hmm. you can definitely make some amazing tools using python or even blink script even that's very mm-hmm. powerful so um, yeah. yeah so if if you learn it it's it's a great plus for your resume and uh, for your team when you are working in a studio yeah cool uh, like uh, one course is there that's like for a beginner that is like a master course that is ben mcwan's uh, yeah. python 101 course yep so uh, that is really useful for a beginner to lo- start learning python for a nuke absolutely so uh, yes i did see it on linkedin and uh, mm-hmm. yes i and i did save it <laughs> in my bookmarks <laughs> so hopefully uh, one day i'll get to it and uh, follow along we'll and start along with it yeah <laughs> so uh, like um, so definitely you might have you might be using lot of gizmos or uh, tool sets in nuke so mm-hmm. uh, do you mind sharing some of the gizmos or tool sets which you works or which you likes yeah um um first of all i honestly don't lot use a lot of different ones um i mm-hmm. rather um frankenstein something of my own because the reason is a uh, uh, lot of companies don't allow you to you know like keep on yeah. downloading and using whatever you want <laughs> it's not uh, yeah. a lot of people don't allow it so what i do is at home questions. i find something and you know i open it up understand what's going on and then apply the same technique um mm, so nice. yeah but then there are still a few um gizmos that i can share and um um i i i use it try to use mm-hmm. it or apply the same technique at work um one of that is uh, uh when it comes to keying um or despill there is one um gizmo called despill to color and uh this build to color yeah yes and it is very powerful it is uh, like mm. it has saved uh, me a couple of times uh, from nasty t spills so yeah <laughs> yeah 
So that's one. Any other tools? Um, yep. The yeah. other one I use a lot is uh, Transform Dissolve. So I recently Sorry, learned about That's it. new to me. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's new to me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's very me. helpful when you have two transforms and if you don't want to manually uh, key them in between, you can use mm-hmm. that and it will, it, it, it's a simple dissolve, but between two transforms. So, oh, nice. yeah. And there are a lot of other techniques. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I, I can share a few mm-hmm. techniques like um, using an STMAP for transformation. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. um, one more uh, thing I uh, learned that if you want to do reverse uh, stabilization or uh, mm-hmm. even like some sort of, uh, you know, soft projection, soft edge projection, uh, sorry, soft mm-hmm. edge transformation, you can use mm-hmm. ST map. So you will not get uh, blurry edges or, uh, um, you know, yeah. yeah. So that kind of problem can be easily solved. Concatenation and all will be like... Exactly, sort of, because guess. you're using an ST map. So yeah. That's mm-hmm. nice. For CG, any specific, uh, I mean, for CG compositing, any specific uh, gizmos you use? Uh, for CG, um, if you have a lot of AOVs, um, this node called Grade AOV or Color Correct AOV is super helpful. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of companies nowadays, uh, they use this rather than building the whole uh uh, set up for you know individual AOVs and then merging them up rather than breaking mm-hmm. down all the AOVs you can simply use grade AOV so mm, you would AOV. not have okay. to yeah so it, it's very uh, simple uh, mm-hmm. uh, to you know handle it all you do is you plug in and then select your AOV and then just adjust it the specific AOV yeah, yeah. So, uh, like any time, have you used a camera tracker inside Nuke? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, you know, sometimes uh, there is not enough time to, um, you know, send the plate to the tracking team Achoo. and then, you know, for them mm-hmm. to track it and then give it to you. Sometimes you just have to do it and comp, right? Mm. Yeah. So, uh, for, so mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, so for sometimes, um, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I always like to keep my work simple, compositing and, you know, uh, my script simple. So I simply go into uh, try with Mocha first. And, yeah, uh, that's easy. Exactly. <laughs> and it's very light on the script. So mm. I, I always start with uh, Mocha and, you know, if there is a problem with parallax or if the track is not able to do the job in 2D, then I'll move on to you know, 3D crime, but I always try yeah. to yeah, keep my script light and simple. Mocha is really powerful. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And nowadays we have that plugin, I mean, OFX, uh, OFX version for Nuke so that uh, we don't ha- have to save a separate Mocha file. That's right. Uh, I mean, are you aware of that thing? Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah, you can just plug it in and it will, um, I believe yeah, it's a live, uh, like if you make any changes in your uh, comp, it will update there as well, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's super useful powerful. actually. Yeah. 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 The same thing is there for Silhouette also. Okay. Uh, if you want to do a clean plate in Nuke, mm-hmm. you can use the OFX version of Silhouette and uh, you can, I mean, we don't have to save the file and all. One yeah. time, just like uh, you can use that node inside Nuke and uh, you can uh, 
I mean, the footage will be automatically loaded inside Silhouette, yeah. and you can just paint, paint anything, yeah. and simply save and close it, and that paint will be updated inside New. That's so right. That's super useful. Yeah. So cool. So I, I just want to know like uh, some basic informations of like uh, which all of the websites or blogs mm -hmm. you regularly follows uh, to stay updated about the industry and uh, yeah our workflow and all those things. Yeah. Um, so I I usually begin my day with uh, um, looking at the um, the Foundry forums itself, right? Yeah, that's a super yeah. useful thing. Yeah. yeah, I I always uh, start my day there, and as well as on Wikipedia, and um, mm. see what's you know what are people doing nowadays, like what new nodes are coming, and uh, the forums itself is very helpful because a lot of people ask questions and um, mm. then yeah a lot of people has answers to them right and those answers could be yeah. helpful to me as well so I always start there and also when I am uh, in Wikipedia, um, the author of the gizmo or the tutorial itself has their own website so I always try to go to their website and uh, see if they have any other blogs or tutorials itself yeah so that's also one way I, I yeah, I do the same things. Exactly. But the difference is like weekly one time I will read all these forums yeah. at once. <laughs> but you're doing it daily. That's yeah. super useful. Yeah, because <laughs> nowadays like people are so active, right? They always mm, yeah. post new things, right? Like, yeah, yeah you'd always find new things to learn. Yeah, places. by reading that we will get a lot of information or knowledge. Absolutely, yeah. And even on LinkedIn, a um, lot of people of course. Yeah, post videos tutorials yeah. you know, blogs on linkedin new well. tools and all those things exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah or, 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 i mean any other blogs or anything like that to read any article like art of free effects uh fx scared anything like yeah that. i used to follow that as well and uh, um yeah i i think i think these are mostly it for me but i always uh, if if you know i have any queries um, about any gizmo or you know a technique mm -hmm. I'd always google and uh, spend like 15 minutes learning about it so yeah. yeah cool I really appreciate your time for this podcast and so thanking from my heart for that and I, I really wish this podcast is helpful to every one of uh, the people who who is watching this podcast and yeah i'm thanking you wholeheartedly for this time so thank you so much rikin